Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-Mac This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new live edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan. You can catch us typically every Tuesday with a brand new episode of the Believe in Panthers podcast on the Believe Network. A uh, lot to get to here. Skylar visited the Panthers rookie minicamp last weekend. So a lot to get into there. His thoughts on what he saw uh, reporting as a beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for Sports Illustrated. Uh, rumors. Look at all these rumors around me every day. We got rumors going on. Some of the weirdest rumors probably attached to the Carolina Panthers. We'll touch on those here to start the show. Uh, and we're also getting some NFL news. Uh, Jair Alexander getting the bag from the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about that as well. Um, and we'll we'll get you uh, set up for next week. We uh, kind of waited a, a bit to breathe after the schedule release. Next week, we'll actually unveil our schedule predictions for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Panthers had the third easiest strength of schedule uh according to the nfl uh, and skyler th- that's one of the one stats that i hate the most out of all stats and all of sports the the strength of schedule because literally none of these teams are the same as last year so how can you say it's an easier schedule as if they're playing the team from last year when all the 17 teams the panthers are going to play are completely different from when they were last year so never understood that stat but according to nfl the Panthers have it easy going into uh, well, 2022. What I'll say about that, too, real quick, is sometimes it's not really about the strength of schedule for all 32 teams, but more so how tough that schedule is for that particular team. Like, yeah. <laughs> the Panthers, like, we know their situation is going to be tough. So, you look at their schedule, yeah, it, it's it's definitely not the third easiest, at least for them. If, it, if they rolled out 32 possibilities, this would not be the third easiest that they could have had. So we'll we'll get to all of that and more in just a bit. But first, a word from one of our sponsors at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Just head over to their website or use the mobile device to sign up and use promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, as you can see right there up above. You'll get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And where we start is the NFL Panther rumor mill because the Panthers have been all over it uh, the past uh, three or four days in particular. Starting off, um, uh, actually, head coach Matt Rule spoke to the media uh, at the beginning of rookie minicamp. So I guess it was Friday uh, when he spoke. And this had kind of come out, this uh, this weird rumor about uh, former Saints head coach Sean Payton being attached to the Carolina Panthers. A report surfaced on front office sports a couple of days ago that the Panthers were eyeing former Saints coach Sean, Sean Payton for 2023. 
Uh, Coach Matt Rule has posted five win back-to-back seasons. Uh, they, they're still looking for a franchise quarterback. Uh, it appears rule seat is hot from the outside, but me and you, Skylar, we've talked about this numerous weeks where uh, owner David Tepper has given zero indication that uh, Matt Rule's on the hot seat actually gave him a vote of support a couple weeks ago in his annual uh, media talk. So this whole idea that while he's saying publicly that uh, that Matt Rule's fine, everything's straight, uh, and then for this to come out, I, A, I'm not very familiar with front office sports. Let me just start right there. Uh, B, all the other media outlets just picked it up and ran with it. And I'm seeing this trend where a lot of the national media in particular don't really seem to do their due diligence when it comes to making sure these things are accurate or not. Uh, you're a bit different while you're, you're reporting for a national media outlet in Sports Illustrated. You're based where the Panthers are uh, down in Charlotte. So you get to see more of the day-to-day and the certain beats that this team goes through. Uh, before I get your reaction on this, let's hear from the coach himself, Matt Rule, a uh, question about this on Friday, uh, about the situation and how he goes about handling this. This uh, video, courtesy of our friends over at Carolina Blitz. You know, with, with regards to that report, you know, I mean, uh, you know, first I heard of it, Dave called me and told me that, you know, that it was going to come out, you know, that you know, so that they, they had called him and that there was nothing to it. Um, you know, I know Dave Tepper well enough to believe that he wouldn't be talking to another coach right now. Um, you know, um, you know, when he came to my house two and a half years ago, he, he told me that this was a five-year rebuild. That, that, that's what he said to me. And you know, he convinced me then um, to, to come be a part of it with him and build it with him, and, you know, we're not where we want to be. And uh, I don't think it's going to take five years. I don't want it to take five years, but those are the words that he said to me. And so, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to taking a step this year. I like our football team. I like the way that we're working. I like this draft. Um, and I have a lot of faith in the people in this building, the way everyone's working. And I certainly have a lot of faith in Dave. That's why I left it. I mean, I left a great job with people that I loved and cared about uh, to come here because I believed in his long-term vision to get this thing done. And so, um, you know, do I want stories like that out there? Uh, probably not. Um, but at the same time, I also know a lot of people lose their edge when uh, great stories about you. So I'm going to continue this to grind and work and, uh, you know, see, see where things fall. You know, at the end of the day, like, like I said to you guys, like, uh, you know, we went 5-12 and 12 last year. You know, we had discipline at the end of the year. Now, I can't expect many stories to be good. Um, there's, uh, there's been lots of things said. If anything, for, for me on a personal note, it's made me – Really, again, just a value um, what's important. And um, I'll just say this because I think people need to hear it. Like on the inside, when you walk in these walls every day and you're around our players every day, uh, this is a really good place. Like this is a happy – got more guys here that don't have to be here. Like um, So no matter what the perception is on the outside of like, man, that looks a little bit like this, it's not. Um, um, we have great practices. We have – we have uh, coaches going to dinner with players. We have coaches golfing with players. I mean, we have a great interaction. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes when things are a little bit like this on the outside, people sometimes it brings people together. So I coached two years with masks on and COVID. Like, you know, I mean, like I said, Dave told me we had a five-year plan. We're two and a half years into it. It's hard two years. And so I'm not making excuses for it. It's not nearly where we want it to be, but I'm I'm, I'm happy with where our guys are at. I'm happy with where this roster is. And so when I walk in this morning and see Jeremy Chin, um, you know, he's, he's training not to have a bad team next year. He's training on a Friday when we're off to go have a good team. So a lot of, a lot of good things are happening. Um, I'll, I'll just keep my focus on, on the guys because that's what I got into coaching for. 
I got into coaching to, to help players. And so um, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. So. I let that run all the way through because I really wanted to give context to what he was saying. Um, and we've joked on here that, uh, you know, when when he starts to sp- starts to talk really fast, that he's trying to either get past a point or he's hiding something or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, I thought he was actually being pretty genuine uh, in that that blurb there where there's only so many ways I can say that he's not on a hot seat. And I feel like every week when he has to go speak to the media, they're peppering him with questions about, do you feel like you're on the hot seat? Are you, are you catching the vibe that he's just kind of, you know, taking it as it comes? Cause he, he doesn't really strike me as the type of person that uh, feels like he's on a hot seat. Like that's the one thing I've taken from him the past month or two. It doesn't feel like he's on a hot seat at all. When you talk no. to Matt rule. No, I mean, <laughs> I've never get once had any indication that he was on the hot seat. And I think a lot of that is because of David Tepper. Yeah. He didn't come out and say anything for how long, almost two full years. But when he finally came out, he publicly supported Matt rule and supported the direction of the the program and, and didn't have a problem saying it. He he actually thanked Matt rule. And it was in the very first minute of his press conference a couple of weeks ago. So I don't think that Matt rules on any type of hot seat. I mean, I really firmly believe that. As much as people want to think that, because he's won people five, want him. five yeah, games. Yeah, people want him on a hot seat, yeah. but he's, he's really not. <laughs> he's really not on a hot seat at all. He's won five games back-to-back years. But we know, as Matt just said, coming into this, this was not going to be a quick turnaround. It wasn't going to be an easy rebuild. Some rebuilds are shorter than others. And I think everyone goes back to when John Fox was here and says, well – Look where John Fox had the Panthers in year two. Okay. But that's an anomaly. How often does that happen? Compared to all the other rebuilds that have happened in the NFL, that's 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 not the the expectation. Yeah. That's 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 an anomaly that happens once every so often and it never happens on a regular basis. So for for Matt Rule, what does he have to do to, to keep his job? Just show progress. I don't think anybody in that building expects them to, to contend for a Super Bowl or even to, to maybe even make the playoffs. But if they can contend week by week – or not contend, but compete week by week, show that they're making progress, especially in the offensive side. that We know the defense is kind of – is what it is. But if they can show that leap, and maybe Matt Corral shows that in the back half of the season, he's going to be here in 2023. Just get used to it. He got a seven-year contract for a reason. Yep. When he said, David Tepper, you gave me essentially five years of that because you said this is going to be a five-year plan. I'm just telling you, expect it to be longer than you think, unless crap absolutely hits the fan and they they lose 15 games. I, I can't even see that happening with the schedule that they have in front of them, the, comp- the, the division they're in, and the talent on this team. Like, we really need to start talking about the past three drafts. And Well, we started last week talking about that, and – there's a lot of young talent on this team where it feels like now they're at a point where they just have to figure out how to close games, how to finish games and how to learn how to win at this level. Because a lot of the team, two thirds of this team was playing college ball, you know, two, three years ago. So well, and I'll say this too: Matt rule was just in college two, three years ago. Exactly. And this is a new, a new ball game for him. And I understand that you necessarily don't want to have your head coach trying to figure out how to be an NFL head coach. But if you're, a Panthers fan, that's the card you've been dealt with, Matt Rule. David Tepper went to college, got Matt Rule, and he had to learn how to be an NFL head coach. And that's why these first two years 
have been the way they have been. That the personnel wasn't there, the coaching staff certainly wasn't there, and he had to coach through COVID for two years. It's not an excuse, but it, I mean, it's it's part of the the real uh, the realistic part of it. So we, yeah, we really need to talk more about how many how many first year head coaches were there in pro sports the year COVID hit. Like, I'd be curious to go back and find yeah. out how many had to come in and start from scratch because he may be. Was he the only NFL coach hired that year? That, that, I can't remember that year. I feel like there was another one. I want to say maybe uh, the dude from the Bengals got hired. Zach Brown? Wasn't that his name? Isn't that his name? The coach uh, there? Oh, Zach, he Taylor, was, Zach Taylor. I can't Zach Taylor. remember. I can't remember what it was. Right. was. But, yeah, I mean. He's super the, young, too. The, um, biggest, the biggest thing about this is, like, not only did he have to deal with COVID, he had to rebuild the roster. And when you don't get that opportunity to rebuild and fit and be with the people and interact with the, the players you're trying to build around, it, it makes it difficult. But more so to learn how to be an NFL head coach, it's completely different from college. You have to you don't have to deal with classes, but you have to deal with other stuff. And I think too, he, he had to learn that to be a good NFL head coach, you had to surround yourself with experience and on the coaching staff. He didn't have that the first two years. Those first two years, he went with what made him feel comfortable. Now right. he understands, like, okay, I've got to go outside of being comfortable to to make this thing actually work. And to be honest with you, for a guy that's, quote, unquote, on the hot seat, I thought he made some really impressive hires. And we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I like the McAdoo hire. Uh, I like how he brought on some uh, guys with pro experience. To me, that shows that – He's not stubborn because I think people want to paint him a certain way. Uh, that he's stubborn. He's stuck in his ways. He's never going to change. But all I've really seen is him trying to adapt and learn how to do his system at this level. And every place he's been, third year, that's been the year you've seen the leap, whether it's at Temple or at Baylor. This is year three here in Carolina. He's had three great drafts now. Um, it looks like, and we'll talk about this in the rookie minicamp section, that they may have stumbled on something here at quarterback. Uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, the other well, rumor, like to- two other things real quick, and about this Matt Rule stuff. One is like the, the fans. I, you can have your opinion, okay? You can you can hate the guy. You can want him fired all you want. But let's stop this Matt fire Matt Rule in May. It's yeah. not going to happen. He's going to be coaching the Carolina Panthers in 2022. So you might as well stop the hashtag. It, he's not going to go anywhere. He's, it's a waste it's, of time. It's, it's a waste of time, a waste of tweets, a waste of breath, everything. If we get to the middle of October, end of October, and the Panthers absolutely stink, then guess what? You can have that and you can go for it all you want. But until that happens, how about we just turn the page and let's just focus on this season and put the and, and put the rest in the past? Because there's no there's no use of doing that. It just makes no sense. Let's, let's actually try to throw some support behind the franchise instead yeah. of nitpicking every little thing that they do and how you would do it better on Madden 2022 or whatever it might be. Uh, I see so many guys. Yeah, man, I see. Oh, they're going to all come at me on Twitter as I'm putting my, my Twitter handle at the bottom of the screen here. But no, I see all the time dudes that play Madden all day long and they think they could be a better head coach than an actual head coach or an actual general manager in the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't have done that. I would have done that. Well, that's why you're sitting on your couch at home. So uh, just give them a chance to get this underneath them. Again, like Skyler said, the dude got a seven-year deal. To, for, to fire him after year two when one of those years was COVID, just in hindsight, let's pull back and look at the big picture here. Do we want to be one of those flash-in-the-pan teams, or do we want to be like what 
David Tepper said when he bought the team, he wanted to model it after the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers basically have a winning record every year. Or How many coaches every have every year in the last 50 years? Yeah, they've had, what, three head coaches three. in the past 50 years. Okay. Like, this, this whole microwave society of I want it now, I want it hot, I don't want to have to wait, I don't have to build, like, I don't have to go through adversity to get there. Uh, it's it's spoiled fans kind of in, a, in a, a sense, and it didn't help this past Super Bowl because we watched the Cincinnati Bengals basically make their way to the Super Bowl, beating you know, but, top look, team what they had, but look what they had the most important position exactly. And that's the if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have if you have two quarterbacks or you have you know yeah, zero quarterbacks, you have you have none. <laughs> so that's the thing we have to figure out here. I like the fact that they have built everything else up, they're primed to be one of these. Uh, surprise NFL teams. Every year you get a team that nobody was looking at that's going to make the playoffs. And with an additional playoff spot in the um, in the NFC and AFC, I could see three NFC South teams making the playoffs. Uh, we'll, we got plenty of time to get to all that, though. Um, the other rumor I wanted to get to that I just kind of laugh at here, uh, Drew Brees has been attached to the Carolina Panthers this week. He gave a hint in a tweet uh, that he might return to football, although I, looking at the tweet, it looks like he was just joking about it. Um, he basically says uh, he's stepping away from NBC. He was there for a year. To be honest, I don't know how great he was in studio. It might not be the best thing for him to do that uh, Sunday night football gig with NBC. Said he's stepping away. Said he didn't know what he's going to do next. He might play wiffle ball. He might play football. He might do this, that, or third. Everybody else kind of took that to mean, oh, Drew Brees might be coming back. And famed NFL columnist Peter King, suggested that Carolina Panthers could be just desperate enough to try and acquire him and also noted that the Seahawks might be a good fit for him too. This just sounds more like, okay, what teams out there need a quarterback? Drew Brees is a quarterback. Let's attach him to these two teams. Like, that doesn't really seem like there's any kind of rhyme or reason to, well, to any of it. But well, Desmond, I'll say this. This is also – and, and Pel, Peter King is well-respected, uh, I Absolutely. think, to a certain extent. But he does throw some outlandish stuff out there. Um, and one thing earlier this offseason was with the Panthers, and he said that he truly believed that the Panthers could swap Sam Darnold and Jimmy G straight up. That's that never happened. Sense. Yeah, why would they do that? Why would either side do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Drew Brees is not going to be a Carolina Panther. He's not going to be a Seattle Seahawk or anybody anywhere else. If he's going to come back, it's going to be with the Saints, but I, I don't even see him coming back. I, I, don't I really think the Saints would want him back. I, no, I, I'm no. trying to remember James the last time we watched him play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've they've signed Jameis Winston. They've signed Taysom Hill. They don't. Drew Brees is 43. Not everybody is Tom Brady. That's it. see. This goes back to what I was just saying. How we see certain things, we want to apply it to everything. And like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is 37. Tom Brady is a billion years old, still playing. Uh, that doesn't mean every quarterback can make it to, you know, in their mid forties to play. And the last time we saw Drew Brees, his arm was literally falling off. Like it, it, he couldn't get the ball like eight yards down the field. So I don't understand this, this, I don't know. Why would you want Drew Brees here? Like your team is the youngest team in the NFL and we would bring in a 43 year old quarterback. that can't throw the ball. Like, well, and, after and we just drafted a quarterback. It doesn't make any sense. On top of that, I just saw a tweet from, I believe it was Ed Werder, that said he just had shoulder surgery. So he wouldn't even be ready to go till September or October. Why would he want to come back? Why would, he want to, why would he want to come here? Like, out of all these years playing in New Orleans, and one of their biggest rivals is the Carolina Panthers, 
why would Drew Brees sign with Carolina instead of anywhere else? Like, is like he why, why here? Is he even under contract? Because, I mean, if that's the case, he would have to be traded. Right. And, and I, now I know with Peyton, that situation, he is under contract. Yeah. Uh, and that story was Which, that he's underneath it until next year. Which I'll uh, say, with, with, with Sean Payton, like, I, I don't see them firing Matt Rule for Sean Payton next year. If, if they were to do – because they're going to have to make a trade that's going to involve first-round picks and stuff, that's not going to happen. The only way that Sean Payton would end up in Carolina is if it's in 2024 when his contract would be over with the Saints and they could just go in and hire him and not have to make a trade for him. But even then – I mean, is the, the Panthers might be eyeing him, but would he even be interested in the job? I mean, that's, right. that's something everyone's got to think about, too. So with Drew, I'm looking at his contract. He actually is an unrestricted free agent this year. Okay. Uh, so ended like- last year. Um, having said that, he's 43 years, 133 days old. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I, I, none of this makes sense. So – I didn't want to give too much life to this. I just wanted to address it to be like, no, bad Panther fan. Don't think that it's not going to happen. There's no reason for it to happen. Uh, So the whole Drew Brees thing just, it popped up and I was like, wow. Um, And then this uh, Devontae Adams made a comment earlier this week that, uh, that during his draft process, the team that spoke to him to most, uh, the most was the Carolina Panthers. And he said that he thought the Panthers were going to draft him. And he was preparing to come to Carolina to play with Cam Newton. And instead, they went with Kelvin Benjamin instead in 2014. <laughs> of course, the very next year, the beginning of the uh, uh, offseason workouts, Kelvin Benjamin blows out his, his ACL, I think it was, misses the entire 2015 season. Of course, that's the year that Cam, Josh Norman, and uh, Thomas Davis and those guys led the Panthers to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50. They lost to the Denver Broncos. Uh, bad day to have a bad day. But it's interesting to think about what that group would have been uh, if De- uh, second year Devonte Adams was in that group with uh, Ted Ginn Jr., uh, who were the receivers on that team? Um, was Funches around then, or uh, I think Funches was. was little... Actually, I think Funches was still on the team in 2015. Uh, I think he was, yeah, because I think he was like a two or three uh, on that squad. Uh, and I think Ted Ginn was kind of the de facto. They didn't really have a de facto one. Philly Brown was one of the wide receivers on that team. Uh, the the one dude that was like the third down guy. Steve Smith was there, or was he not? Who was Steve Smith? That was that his last year? No. Well, well twenty. I want to say twenty thirteen was his last year. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. And then twenty fourteen, Panthers started out really slow. Uh, that twenty fourteen was the year Cam had the the truck car accident on the turnpike coming into the stadium or whatever, and missed a week came back and then uh, they rattled off like four or five straight at the end of the year, uh, won the conference or won the division with a uh, sub 500 record actually. Uh, and then that set up for 2015 when they went 15 and one, all, all the good stuff for there. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool. To, well, not cool. It's actually kind of sad to think of uh, Devonte Adams in a Panther uniform, uh, getting darts thrown to him from Cam Newton in his prime MVP season. Any thoughts on that? Or you just want to like, kind of, you know, Sob about it and move on to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know a lot of us would like to solve and move on, but I mean, yeah, yeah, that would have been an interesting uh, situation because I mean, he, Kelvin Benjamin, after his rookie year, I mean, I think some people thought, okay, they may have something here with Kelvin, and then yeah, it just, I mean, this is a guy that he signed last year 
after sitting out the last couple of years with the Giants to try and make an NFL comeback as a tight end. And he lasted, what, maybe three or four months. Giants yeah. cut him, and, again, he's back out of football. So, yeah, I mean, uh, would Devontae Adams still be here would be, the, the I think, the bigger question. But yeah. regardless, just to have him for something or some amount of time would have been incredible. You know, and that's something I'm going to write that down, too, because I'm looking for things to keep us entertained during the summer. Uh, and one of the things I forgot that I jotted down, I'm jotting it down again. I want to start like a what if series. You know how Marvel has what if yeah. multi different dimensions and different universes and whatnot. We should do a what if with the Panthers. Like one of the things I've always brought up on my Saturday morning show, uh, the rundown on Tobacco Road. Uh, what if in 2018, the Panthers had selected uh, Lamar Jackson in the first round, who was still on the board as opposed to DJ Moore. Like, what would have happened with the franchise then? Does Ron Rivera still be? Is he still here? Is Cam Newton still here for a year or two mentoring? Does Lamar even work in that? Does Lamar even? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I mean, you kind of, kind of think, well, if they put him in, the, I mean, really, the Ravens put him in the same type of offense. They just gave more of the reins to him in the passing game. You kind of see him learning from Cam and and going from there. I don't know, but that's one of the things we might do. What if Steve Smith was never cut or sent from here? You know, like stuff like that. So we'll work on that a little bit too. Uh, and if you have suggestions for that, you can definitely hit us up uh, uh, for any kind of uh, topic you want us to hit with that during the summer months. Uh, we'll definitely be able to get to that and uh, expand out the po- uh, the Panther podcast during the summer. Um, quick NFL notes before we get to rookie minicamp review. Uh, the NFL met with quarterback Deshaun Watson uh, yesterday, I believe. No, in, yeah, yesterday in Texas. Uh, he is planning on taking the Cleveland Brown offense to the Caribbean, I believe I saw, uh, to do some practice stuff. What are, what's your over-under in terms of uh, Watson getting suspended? Because he's going to get suspended. We just don't know how long. Uh, is it a whole season? Is it four games? Like, Where do you think this goes? Because really right now it's just all 22 civil suits against the man. Uh but he also has a a quarter of a billion guaranteed fully contract with the Browns now. So something has to come to a head in terms of when he's going to be able to get on the field again. I mean, I think the the consensus around the league is that it's probably going to be about six games at minimum. Um, I don't think we'll see anything less than that. There's There was another situation that had happened. I can't remember who they were comparing it to. Um, and that that particular player got a six-game suspension too. Um, maybe was it Ben Roethlisberger? I was going to say Roethlisberger had something like, but didn't, yeah. wasn't his reduced to four or something like that? And his yeah, was from, uh, he appealed it and then it was reduced to four, but I don't know if they would. Yeah, I probably wouldn't bother with this one. That, yeah, take so, it and, yeah. And keep yeah. in mind, the Browns structured that contract for year one, anticipating some sort of suspension yeah. where most of his money is coming in the form of a signing bonus. And then oh. his salary really starts next year, not this year. And, and the good thing for Carolina, and I know we'll dive into this into more next week about the schedule, but they've got the, the Browns week one, which you know Deshaun's definitely going to be suspended for that. So there's you don't have to face him. And then in week four, you get the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins suspended the first, what, six right. games. So they so got they we'll, a break there. So we'll actually we'll use that next week in our schedule predictor to kind of figure this out. Because I, as I look at the roster, maybe it's just because it's May and everything's optimistic, and we're all zero and zero, uh, and the draft just ended, so you got the glow of that going on. But I always feel optimistic about the Panthers going in. I mean, you really only need to be a little over 500 to get into the playoffs in the NFL, so it's not like you got to be a, a world-beater 14-3 and three team. It's not like we're going to predict that. 
But I think it'll be interesting to look and see a lot of these games the Panthers lost over the past two years felt like they were close contests. People forget they were a uh, NFL record breaking field goal away from beating the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, two years ago on the road in Arrowhead. Uh, and that was with a team that, like you said, Coach Rule had just met like two months prior via Zoom. So yeah. let's let's kind of let's chill a little bit and let's see, you know, what they can do uh, with all the talent they've built on here. Speaking of which, the rookie minicamp concluded this weekend. Uh, Skyler was there. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the, of course, some of the bigger names that the Panthers drafted uh, a couple of weeks ago and what you saw out of them. Of course, uh, starting off with our first round pick, Ikum, Ikum, uh, Iki Aquanu, the left tackle from NC State. Uh, from what you saw from him, any doubt in your mind he's a day one starter? Oh, no. <laughs> 100% day one starter. Dude looks like he's been in the NFL for five years. I mean, he is a beast. Like, Talk to me. I love it. Looks like the part, walks the part, talks the part. Um, but he's very humble. And I, and I think that's what a lot of Panthers fans are, are really going to like about him is he knows his place, but he knows that they need him to be that franchise guy. And, man, I, I mean, there was a couple of drills where – they were having the other offensive linemen because they were very short on people. They didn't have a ton of people there um, where the one offensive lineman would be holding the pad. The other guy would be blocking up against it. There was a couple times, Desmond, where the guy on the receiving end of that pad about went to the ground about three or four times in a row. <laughs> it, it was just pretty funny. It, the, the one time it, the guy stumbled and I was like, oh, there he goes. But, um, but they were doing some uh, – some of these drills with those big yoga balls and they were like almost tapping it like a, they were playing a piano and doing some footwork drills with it. And it, it's the smallest things. Like it, it's not like, Oh my gosh, he looks great doing that. But it's just like those types of drills. When you see how light he is on his feet. It, I mean, it is like the dude could walk on eggshells and not crack a single egg. I mean, he is just in, insanely athletic has great footwork, has great mechanics, great technique. That I mean, I'm telling you, if he does not end up being one of the best NFL tackles in the next five years, I will be shocked because he looks the part 100%. See, and if they had to go lineman first round, I'm fine with that. Like, if, you, if you're bringing in a dude that's like a 10-year stalwart at that position competing for all pros and, you know, Ooh, the last 10 years, stuff like that. Yeah, they haven't had since Jordan Gross. Like they, they oh, rotation. Yeah, they really haven't tried to get someone uh, hmm. since Jordan Gross. They left tackle. Uh, they've kind of ignored the they completely ignored the position while Cam was here in terms of devoting uh, top round picks for the offensive line. They really didn't start trying to do that until the end of Cam being here. They kind of focused on defense and getting defensive guys in. Uh, until the very end, they started getting pieces for Cam, like McCaffrey and Moore and others. But by then, it was too late. Um, what about uh, the our third round pick, quarterback Matt Corral? I've been hearing some really good things about Corral in terms of his release, his mentality, and everything. Uh, the one thing I had always noticed, though, from uh, the past couple of weeks, is that people talk about his character and how people tend to to gravitate to him as a leader. Uh, we've been very vocal about how we felt Sam Darnold did not have that. I was kind of – I keep seeing places trying to guess when he might start. I'm starting to lean towards he might start week one because they're at the same spot in terms of learning the playbook. Uh, if if he gets in there and uh, and uses his abilities 
to to show that he can bring something different to the table than what we already saw from Sam Darnold last year. What do you think of the odds are of Corral beating out Darnold in training camp from what you saw just briefly this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to gauge just because of what we saw in those two days was a lot of uh, tw- twirling the ball between his legs, jump roping, and and doing some s- stuff where he's just jumping up on a box. But um, we did get to see some day stuff. one start. <laughs> he can jump yeah. up day one start. Get him in there. Yep, day one franchise. Yeah, day one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I mean, we did see some seven on seven stuff. Um, they did a lot of uh, play actions, um, a lot of stuff rolling to his right and his left, trying to get him working on getting comfortable on the move, which I think he's very comfortable with already, having been in that offense. He was at Ole Miss. But the the quick release is real. I mean, Desmond, I'm telling you, it is effortless. An effortless flick of the wrist. I've never seen anything like it. And it's sometimes on on those those rollouts to the right – or not to the right, excuse me, to the left. Those are some of those harder throws when you're trying to throw, you know, kind of almost across the body a little bit. And it, it just comes out so so fast, so natural, so effortless. And it just it just shoots off his hand. Like I don't know how to describe it. You I mean, you you guys will see it when we get the training camp in Spartanburg and uh, even in the preseason, but it's just it's fascinating. And it, it's it's something to where if he was two inches, twenty pounds bigger, uh didn't play in that style of offense, maybe he's probably a, a top five pick just because of that that release the size if he had josh allen size he'd be the number one overall pick probably but and it, it looked like the panthers had him very high yeah. on their board they keep saying that they would have took him much earlier than what they did in the third uh well, they, I, they were comfortable taking him at six i think like if, i think if, so if too. Those, yeah. those guys were gone at six like icky and evan neal and charles cross they were prepared to be like, "Yep, well, we can we can handle this. We'll, we'll we'll take our chances now. Roll the dice." But they were able to to get lucky enough to get Icky trade back into the third and get both guys. So it's the best of both worlds. Now is Corral going to live up to that? We'll see. But you know, the, the biggest question with him is the downfield throws. That's something we didn't really see a whole lot of at Ole Miss. We didn't really see much of it over the weekend either. A lot. It was a lot of dinks and dunks and really some quick passes, but. They did take some shots downfield, and he delivered a couple really good balls downfield, like in into the end zone. So I'm, we'll see. He put the ball I'm, on the money. I will say that he was not off target very much. I'm rooting for him. Like I, I would love Week One Panthers Golden versus Corral. Golden Corral walking out there to start it out. Is that is that where we're going with? Is are we going with Golden Corral? Is that going to be the yeah, nickname? I, I think it was uh, the SB Nation site. That started that maybe I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, that, that I like it. It's a cool nickname. I, and I think Golden Corral actually responded on Twitter, uh, and and they were like, we we're happy to to be a part of the nickname and you know free buffets for for Matt. Don't bring the offensive line or something to that effect. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm rooting for the kid. Like I really everything I've read about him, uh, everything I've heard about him, the thing that drove me no uh, nuts. Speaking of Drew Brees, the thing that would drive me nuts about him and Tom Brady is their quick release. They usually have the ball out of their hands two seconds after they've snapped the ball or less. Like, they already know where they're going. It's like you can't get to him because he's getting rid of it so fast. Uh, and that's usually how they stay clean. And you're you're telling me we, we've added a guy with a, finally with a quick release after years of Cam Newton holding the ball for seven seconds, years of Jake DeLome holding the ball for seven seconds and then throwing it to the wrong team. And you got a left tackle now. <laughs> and he's got a left tackle. Like, and right tackle, technically, with Taylor Murphy. And, 
And maybe, maybe if the gods favor us, Christian McCaffrey can play 15 games this year healthy. You've got a guy with a quick release and you've got McCaffrey as the safety valve, like sitting in the flat. Like you just kind of, you start thinking about it. You don't want to get ahead of yourself, but you're just like, okay, you got, you got a guy, DJ Moore over here on the side who's had three thousand yard seasons to start off his career. You got Terrence Marshall in, in the mix. You got Robbie Anderson still over here. You got a little bit of speed. The line has been rebuilt. You got McCaffrey back there and Hubbard. You're starting to see a team get built around what they already had. And I'm kind of – Corral might be the last piece. He might be that one guy. And I don't want people to think, oh, well, he's picked in the third round. What's that going to amount to? Well, Russell Wilson was picked in the third round, and look what that amounted to. Like It's really more of a can you fit into the system they're trying to put you into as opposed to are you a top 10 overall pick because – there's top 10 overall picks that aren't in the league anymore, you know, right. after a couple of years. So that means nothing. It's just a matter of can you uh, utilize your talent. Uh, Brandon, back, back oh, go ahead, go ahead. Going back to your question, because I don't know if I really answered it. Day one, I don't think he'll start. I don't think that's a, a realistic possibility. And to be honest with you, just depending on how he progresses and matures, we may not even see him until week 15, 16, 17. I mean, that just might – if the Panthers roll out Sam Darnold start week one, which everyone expects, and they're kind of back and forth, you know, hover around 500, they're not going to make any changes. Yeah. Why would they? Yeah. Why so would they? That makes no sense. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to make sure that they throw him out there at the right time. And Matt Rule said this many, many times before. If you put a rookie quarterback out there before he's ready and he, or, and he goes out there and just it doesn't work, you could damage him. You do not yes. want to. Let me ask you this. Uh, one of our viewers, Joseph Fry, posed this question a little bit earlier on. What week do you think the Panthers get desperate for ticket sales and bring Cam back again? Uh, I wasn't going to post it, but then I remembered I saw a report uh, a couple of days ago that, yes, Scott Fitter and Cam Newton are still in contact with each other through this whole situation. And it's starting to look like no other teams are going to pick Cam up. If he plays again, it would probably be with the Panthers. Do you bring Cam back in preseason so he's at the same level as everyone else and can try to learn this playbook? And if so, doesn't that mean it's a certain window? You got to bring him back. Like you got to bring him back before training camp. So you got to sign him before what, July? So really, the hot spots like the next 30 days, right? In terms of if they're going to bring Cam back in here or not. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they really want to. I wouldn't say not bring him back, but I, I think they would rather not um, just because they have so much money invested in Sam Darnold. Like it's $18 million and you don't want $18 million wasted on the bench. Now, is it a different story if Sam Darnold sucks halfway through the season and you want to see what you have in your rookie quarterback? Sure. Yeah, that's a possibility. But that could happen. Unless Sam Darnold is off this roster – Cam Newton will not be on the roster. That is my opinion. Because yeah. now all of a sudden you have a crowded quarterback room. Some instances that's a good thing, but not here because it's going to be just like last the tail end of last season where it's quarterback roulette, and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be week on, on a week-by-week -week basis. You don't want to have that. Sam Darnold is going to be the starter unless they can find a way to move him, which I don't think is going to be possible with this $18 million it's the Baker Mayfield situation, but worse. Like, it, it, like it, nobody, nobody's going to trade well, for him. Well, this is what I feel for for Baker Mayfield. I mean, this guy's actually a – I wouldn't say like a, a top-end starter, but he's a quality starter in the league. He's, he's, he's won some damn games. Like, he's serviceable. Yeah, he's serviceable. He, 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 
he's he's maybe and see I, I see people saying that he's hit a ceiling or something. We don't really know that. He's only played what four years, like, and he's got a banged up shoulder for the last year or year and a half. And was, I mean, he took the Cleveland Browns to the to the playoffs yeah. in a dang game. Like, it was Cleveland. He made Cleveland nationally relevant for like two years. Like, he took the Cleveland Browns from the laughing stock of the NFL to the to the second round of the playoffs. To, to a place where Deshaun Watson was like, you know what? I'll go there. I'll go to Cleveland yeah. and play and make a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed. I have no problems going to Cleveland, Ohio. So, like, you don't get – were they State Farm commercials? I can't remember what commercials he was doing. Is he he that was I can't remember. Progress- it might have been progressive, where he's, like, living in the stadium or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm still looking out for, for the end of that one. That, that's going to be an <laughs> <laughs> And though, they might be in play still, too. Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G, like, all these vet quarterbacks that we kind of attached to Carolina yeah. – that's a perfect example. If if Jimmy G and and Baker Mayfield can't get traded, what the hell makes you think Sam Darnold's going to be able to get moved? Right. Exactly. What Which makes anyone what? think what makes anyone think Cam Newton's going to get signed? You know, if they exactly. can't even get like moved in a like a six, you know, give me a six round pick yeah. for Sam Darnold. No, I don't want it. That's too expensive. Like Cam so, Newton and Jim uh, specifically said he is not coming back to be five and twelve again. Or, and he's not, and he's only going to come back if it's the right situation for him, and he feels like this team can win. I'm not trying to pick through the weeds here, but I'm just saying I don't think he will come back if Sam Darnold's on the roster. Not only because the Panthers don't have the really the, I mean, they do have the financial means to do so, but it makes no sense to do that to add yeah. another quarterback to that mix with a guy that's 18 million on the roster plus a rookie. But from Cam's perspective, it makes absolutely no sense because you know this team's not going to be that competitive with Sam Darnold, a quarterback. And if Sam's still on the roster, they're going to go with Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback. So we saw the team last year and turn back to him. I would think they'd put Corral out there before Cam. I mean, because he's the future, not Cam. Like, basically, we got to get to a point where we have to stop having to ask ourselves, is Cam Newton coming back? Distance, distance. And I say distance in a good way. Distance yourself from the idea of Cam Newton and the Panthers being together. Yeah. I'm not saying distance yourself from – or the Panthers should distance themselves from Cam Newton as in, you know, what he's done in his entire career for the organization. Right, right. From, from right now on, I, it just makes no sense. And and honestly, there's a reason why Cam Newton is still out there. There's there's There, there could have been a multiple other opportunities out there for him, but he's still a free agent. There's teams that – went other directions and there's a reason why it, you got to think too if the panthers hadn't picked him up last year it's safe to assume no one was going to pick him up last year oh, and yeah. he would have been out of football for a year and some change uh i love cam newton he's one of my favorite nfl players of all time he's probably my favorite panther of all time and a lot of people online understand that and they know that about me but i think they think that i'm some sort of like you, that you have the cam homers like the ones that feel like oh, you can do no wrong uh he's invincible give him a shot he never got a fair chance, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the boat of I'm ready to move forward. Like, I, I don't want to go through another 500 year watching Cam become a shell of himself because he's not going to get back to where he was. Like, it's well, just not going to happen. Let's be honest. Would you rather go eight and nine with Cam Newton as your starting quarterback or eight and nine with Matt Corral? Eight and nine I, mean, Matt. I would think you want to go with the younger guy because things yeah. go. 
dang, we can win eight games with him as a rookie. Yeah, I've I mean, seen, I I've seen 500 with Cam. Like, yeah, I don't want to. He's not the long-term future. Like, we yeah. understand that. So there's no use of bringing him back only in, unless it's to mentor Matt Corral. And you don't need three quarterbacks in that room. And, and honestly, for Cam, too, and I hate to say this because I know he's a competitor and he, he still wants to play football, wants to get a Super Bowl ring before he retires, but – it might not be a bad idea to take a page out of Luke Keekley's playbook and say, you know what? Let me get out of this game while I can yep. in the shape that I'm in now so that I can be a hundred percent myself 20, 25 years down the road. And I'm still there a hundred percent in in the head for my kids. He's got options too. Like he, he's, he owns businesses. Uh, yeah. He's got some media he stuff. Money. Going on. Yeah. Nah, he's great. Like you could literally Good. retire today and get a studio job. Uh, uh, he's got, I think he has a studio or something. He's got a scar bar in Atlanta. He's got stuff in Charlotte. Like he's got other things to occupy his time with. I think with him, just like all NFL players, when you get to that point of, uh, when you start thinking about retirement, you've already basically retired. And I don't and think he, he's he already be the last year, really for the Panthers. He, he, yeah. I'm sure Panthers would love to have him in some way or fashion to have him as a, you know, either an ambassador or somebody that could help do something. They brought Steve Smith back into the mm -hmm. fold after he retired, and he's on the radio team, I yeah. mean, or the TV team, uh, and that's worked out great. I think Cam could do something similar. I don't think he has a bad relationship with uh, owner David Tepper. In fact, I think Tepper's the reason why he came back uh, last year, and I, I think Rule's why that. he didn't play, <laughs> you know, the last couple of games. I think Rule was just like, no, I, we let him go for a reason. I can't inject that back into this for what I'm doing. So to your points, I, yeah, I don't think it makes any sense to bring him back. I'd like to see him with Dallas or Kansas City or someplace in a backup role. Like I've where, said, you know, Bal just ride. Baltimore, Baltimore or San Francisco would make a ton of sense. Ooh, if they get rid of Jimmy G and if turn over to Lance, bring Cam in. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Because you don't want to tra have Trey Lance out there by himself. And some random 24-year-old backup is probably not going to do anything. Surprised he hasn't been attached to Seattle. Like, Seattle, uh, Seattle would make sense, I guess, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, and Russell Wilson not been there, of course. But I'm saying that this roster is not ready to win right now. Baltimore, I think, makes sense because, yeah, you got Lamar Jackson. But as we saw last year, he could get hurt. And I think they could take some of those packages away in the goal line situation, the short yardage, where they can still run the exact same offense, where they can run the RPOs and they can run with Cam Newton on the read options. And he can take the beating instead of Lamar. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, back to the rookie mini camp. Um, Skyler, what was the biggest surprise you saw during the weekend? Um, I would say probably the biggest surprise is kind of like a tie between Brandon Smith and Amari Barno. And the, the only thing I'll say about Amari Barno is it wasn't a surprise of what I saw him on the field perform because from where we were allowed to stand, we really couldn't see much of what he was doing. But when I was able to see parts of him, he looked a lot bigger than I really thought he was even two months ago at the combine or three mm -hmm. months ago at the combine. So that's something that if his frame starts to fill out, he could be that Hassan Reddick that – outside linebacker, edge, hybrid role, and that's kind of what they want him to be. He's played linebacker in the past. They moved him to, to defensive end. I don't know if they moved him down at Virginia Tech or if that was out his, uh, his junior college that they did that. The reason being is because he just – he was thinking too much. He wasn't playing the game at a full speed. 
I still think you're going to see – like they tried to do that with Brian Burns, I think, early in his career. They were like, uh, is he an outside linebacker? Is he a guy that's got his hand in the dirt? Yeah. I think Amari Barno is going to be the same thing. Like he's going to be God's his hand in the dirt, but maybe more of a stand-up edge rusher like Hassan Reddick. I don't think you're going to see him back at like a, a Will linebacker, Sam linebacker spot. And then uh, the other guy was Brandon Smith, just freakishly athletic as, as advertised, big, fast, and vocal too. Um, I think that was one thing that really stood out to me. He was communicating a lot and really kind of pumping up some of his teammates on the defensive side of the ball too. So I like that out of those two guys as well. And again, we went through this last week. If you missed it, you can catch it on the Believe uh, Podcast Network where uh, uh, it's the the one with all the Matt Rule draft classes, the, the last uh, new episode we had before this one where we talked about in this draft class, one of the traits that we saw once you got past uh, Matt Corral in the third round, all the guys they picked all were freakish, freakishly athletic in some way or really, really fast. They were, they were we're very, very fast. Like whatever they were at the position, Brandon Smith, I think was the fastest linebacker at the combine, uh, Barna was the uh, second or third fastest DE at the, at the combine. Uh, the cornerback they drafted from Baylor late in the I think sixth round. Uh, his name escapes me. Uh, he Boogie was the, Barnes. Boogie Barnes. Boogie Barnes. He was the fastest, almost the fastest ever at the combine. Uh, he just missed it by like two tenths of a uh, two one hundredths of a second or something nuts like that. He ran a two or a four two four, I believe, in the forty. Um, He's no longer a Panther. No, I will say that. But just because of the, the speed, Troy oh, Pride never had a chance because when he got that injury, they traded for C.J. Anderson. They traded for Stephon Gilmore. They drafted uh, Keith Taylor and J.C. Warren last year. They they drafted Kalen Barnes this year. They re-signed Dante Jackson. And when you get Kalen Barnes, to me, that was just like, okay, Troy Pride's going to be gone any time now. He failed the physical because of the ACL. And really, Kalen Barnes and Troy Pryor, they're kind of similar players, extremely fast. They got a long ways to go in terms of being in that cornerback rotation, more of a special teamer. So we'll we'll see uh, how these guys pan out. Ricky Minicamp concludes mm-hmm. next week. Uh, we will we will dedicate the show to our schedule, our schedule predictor for the Carolina Panthers. We wanted to wait for the smoke to settle a little bit the schedule release we'll go through each game kind of talk it out in terms of what we think might be happening during that course of the uh, season and see where these panthers potentially could end up are they a playoff team in disguise again there's always one uh in both nfc and afc that did not make the playoffs the year before that make it the, the next year and they tend to come out of nowhere no one really picked them will it be the carolina panthers i don't know we gotta wait and see for next week but uh if you want to get the latest info on the Panthers throughout the course of the week. Uh, Skyler is the beat writer for Sports Illustrated for the Carolina Panthers, the Charlotte Hornets, and West Virginia, uh, University of West Virginia Athletics. So definitely follow him at Callahan underscore for the latest Carolina Panthers news daily. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505, or at Tobacco Radio for the latest in Panther coverage and much, much more. For Scholar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. We will see you next Tuesday. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.